I'm giving a, a short slideshow this morning that I'm giving for the very first time. Next slide, please. The joke doesn't work without the slide. <laughs> what you see on this slide is one of those tools that we brought to bear. Ooh, what is that? This is a delicious pale ale. Oof. Sounds pretty good. It is pretty good. Actually, it's pretty hot in here. I'm pretty thirsty myself. You, you're going to go and grab one? Yeah, I think I should. All right. Well, maybe in the break. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mind if I just, you know, start along here. Don't mind at all. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a series that we're going to be putting on. My name's Tom. I'm Ned. We're from Slidebot. Absolutely. We're all about slides. Love slides. Love slides. We sort of live and breathe them. We have a blog, we've got a book, mm. and we prepare presentations for TEDx speakers, mm. for speakers at a whole bunch of other very high-profile events. It sounds pretty good. It, it is, is pretty good. good. <laughs> it really is. It is pretty good. So we hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. Welcome sit, to the slideshow. Sit back, relax, and get yourself a nice comfy pale ale. I'll get mine. So I'd like to talk today about something, Tom, that I get asked a lot of questions about, and that's what's the best way to finish your presentation? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That seems... That old caper. That is one of those questions that just continually comes up, you know, whether that's through the blog, whether that's people calling it, like there's Emails, just... There is, it, yeah. Yeah, it's something yeah. that just a lot of people want to know about. But one of the things that differentiates, I think, this conversation is, are we talking about the last part of the presentation? That could be from halfway. Are we talking about the last slide? Because I think they're very different. Questions. And they are. They're absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's try and, I don't know, let's try and tackle it all. Well, <laughs> all right. We'll see if we've got time. We'll see if we've got time. I'm going to go out on a limb and say my preferred technique for a sales presentation mm. is absolutely to finish on a call to action. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those of you who are unaware what a call to action is or a CTA um, is what they call it. Um, it's a marketing term used to describe an instruction to the audience to do something. So that could be something like buy this product today or visit this store or do this or do that. It's just essentially something that they tell you to do at the end of the presentation. For me, I feel like I spend the entire presentation getting the audience to come around to my idea or product or argument or my strategy, mm. whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like I really must strike when the iron's hot. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I, I think it's spot on. Uh, you know, I feel like we, we want to get them to, to that action, whatever it is, you know, whilst they're in that headspace. To well, do I think so. it's about, it, it essentially comes down to having a captive audience. You know, you spend so much time trying to get them to that position that when they're there, you, you simply have to. You, you just have to if you're in that sales sort of mindset. What, what's your preference? What's your preferred ending? Well, I sort of, I'm not, I guess I, I steer clear as much from the CTAs because I'm not so much in the sales sort of game anymore. But, you know, for me, I think the question slide is something that yeah, is really Yeah, the question slide's a great one. Yeah, yeah. It, it just gives you options at the end of the presentation. So if you're running overtime, just simply skip it. But if like a lot of people, the nerves get to you and you speak a thousand miles an hour for the entire presentation, which happens a lot. It really but, does. Yeah. And you can do that plus try and fill... Yes. And, you know, you might run over then too. Yeah, so. yeah. So, I mean, if you can do, if you have the presentation slide and you've, you've got so much time left, just fill it in. Bring on the questions. Bring on the yeah. questions. Yeah, I like the idea of options. Mm. And I guess my concern generally, my worst fear, mm. um, would be standing up there asking for questions and no one raises their hand. Oh, that'd you be know, horrible. That's, that's the flip side to it. Mm, mm. Um, 
Would you also have a, a backup to the backup plan, so to speak, or simply just finish the Prezzo early? Uh, look, for me, I'd just finish it up early. I think surely there's nothing worse than someone standing up there trying to fill in time nervously, just asking themselves questions, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I've got to agree with you. Mm, yeah, mm, that's right. Not ideal. The only thing I'd probably add, I guess, from a design point of view, um, it's just to not limit yourself to a boring slide that says questions on yeah, it. Yeah, you know, We've all seen those. Mm. And yeah, they're useful, but you want to do a bit better than that. So if you can, try to spice it up a little bit and have an image that has a question mark on it mm. um, or yeah. in it, something mm. like that. Yeah, I mean, um, the audience can infer what you're saying. That's right. Mm. Um, and the audience will really, you know, they'll appreciate that they've been able to to draw that out mm. from what you've said. Yeah, I, I think there's something that, you know, you get to the end of the slide deck and you have a thing that says questions on it. It's like, it is almost cliche these days. And it just, it, it's, it's very uninteresting. Like if we're about trying to create engaging presentations, you simply, you have to spice it up a bit. You have to. So what's your takeaway advice? From well, this. What do you what do you think we've we've got out of this? Well, I think look, we've only covered sort of a very small portion of it as, as I thought we might at the start. You know, it's a very long discussion that we could have an hour podcast on. Um, I, I felt like this was a thesis. Yeah. Was it not? No, yeah. Well, we're getting there. We're getting PhD candidates. If we keep going with this, maybe we'll be. <laughs> but I think for me, maybe the the takeaway from this is just going to be to plan in advance and know what sort of presentation you're giving. Um, as long as you've got a plan about what you're going to say or where your audience is going to benefit um, before you get to the end of the presentation, you know, I think you've got a much better chance of leaving them with a lasting impression. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Mm. So I guess the way that I'd probably lead this is to you, dear listeners, mm. do you have any questions? Yes. Please send them through because we'd love to hear from you and we can actually then, you know, we can start talking about through it. Through social, through email, mm. um, however you want to go. Yeah. And also if you, if you have anything that you sort of want information on, check it out on the blog as well. Yeah, great plug there. How many more plugs can we get in? <laughs> welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, dear listeners. Thank you for joining us. If you're just tuning in halfway through the podcast, is that a thing? Yeah, look, it is. It is. It could be a thing. Okay. Let's see. So let's talk about this article that was published late last year from an irate Rob Cunningham. Irate. Mm. That is a strong word, Tom. Yeah, look. That's a strong word. Just throwing around irate. <laughs> I'm not one that just usually throws around these very descriptive words, if you will. But he was. He was furious. So this irate Rob. Yeah. What did he do? Well, he writes this article that was entitled something along the lines of Boring Slides Aren't What's Wrong With PowerPoint. Poor Rob. He, oh, he doesn't sound happy. Man, he just He's wasn't. very unhappy. He was, look, he was furious. But he, he counters an article that he, he read in Business Insider. And this article, if I can paraphrase, if you don't mind, uh, essentially says that all PowerPoint suck and are all same, same. I don't know. Look, I'm not saying that's my Technical point. term there. <laughs> Technical <laughs> phrase. This was his This viewpoint. is industry lingo. Yes. All PowerPoint suck and are all same, same. That's... And he offers his own viewpoint about what's wrong with everyone's presentations these days. So, in short... And if I'm going to paraphrase again, I hope you don't mind, Ned, and also Senor Irate Rob. And dear listeners. And listeners, if, if that's okay. I appreciate, you know, that we've considered you in this. Yeah. Um, but um, essentially, he runs with this idea of a, a good workman never blames his tools type argument. So, I don't know. I, yeah, and, and look, that, 
that's probably a fair call. But I don't, I don't know, like, is it, on one side, you've got the argument that if the tools are provided, then, yeah, it's probably your fault if you don't utilise them properly, and that's sort of where he was coming from. Yeah, but on the other side... But on the other side of the equation, I guess, is the argument that, well, most people are forced to use PowerPoint because there's really not that many other options, and as most people are not seasoned speakers, how are they supposed to know how to use the tool properly? Like, I mean, I wouldn't have known. Wait, were you supposed to plug our business Slidebot there? Wait, who's Slidebot? Was that really sneaky? The sponsor of the show. <laughs> That's very sneaky. Yeah, yeah. That's very sneaky. Yeah, you're getting a sneaky play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're gonna get back on track. Tell me, what do you think? What do you think about this whole thing that Iret Rob's running with? I think I agree with him in that it's not people's own faults that they don't have a designer's eye. But I think it's also incumbent upon these companies and others to hold the hands of their users through the experience, to mm. teach them how to do it properly, yeah. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I guess as someone who does presentations for a living, I dare say that you probably fall into that category. Now, I don't want to inflate your ego here. You know, maybe an expert. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh, stop it. Oh. Stop it. Don't stop. Don't stop. So, look. Okay, let's back <laughs> this up then. You've got 30 seconds to teach our listeners, uh, you know, what are the 10 most important lessons that could possibly help them? I'm not doing it. That, 30, 30 <laughs> seconds is not long enough. I'm 10 or even 5. How about 3? Look, 3. 3. Three's alright. Three's better than two. Alright, let's go. Let's, okay. let's hear it. Time all right. starts now. Time starts now. Okay, I'd say before you work on designing your actual slides, make sure the structure of your content works. And by that I mean it's logical, has a nice progression mm. and flows through to a call to action at the end. Secondly, once the structure is complete, the design should be focused on engaging the audience. Absolutely. In my slides, I like to let images do a lot of the talking for me, which you've probably seen. Yeah. Uh, I try to capture the message I want to impart with either an image of the idea or an image betraying the concept. Yeah. Finally, if you're, you're used to doing the standard bullet points on a white background, which let's be honest, a lot of people are. <laughs> most people are. Most, most people, people are. Mm. Yep. Maybe try breaking up the bullet points and giving them each a slide. Oh, uh, that way you can still impart the same message whilst making it look great in the process. Jesus. Boom, boom, that's boom, pretty, all right. done. <laughs> all right, that's 30 seconds pretty well spent. You know, solid advice. Thank you, Ned. Thank you, listeners. Thanks Thanks for coming along to this segment, Tom. Ah, I'll be here You'll any day. Any night this week. <laughs>
They were uh, tough football players doing what they love, which was you know, crushing skulls and separating shoulders on the football field. Um, but Rosie Greer also had another passion. Um, in his deep, deeply authentic self, he also loved needlepoint. <laughs> he, loved, he loved knitting. He said that it calmed him down, it relaxed him, it took away his fear of flying and helped him meet chicks. That's what he said. I mean, he loved it so much that after he retired from the NFL, he started joining clubs, and he even put out a book called Rosie Greer's Needlepoint for Men. Oh, I love this talk. So the point that you just heard was the point where he's, he's talking about how important it is to be authentic and true to yourself. So throughout, though, like his use of humour to get his point across really establishes a rapport with the audience, and that's something I think is really noticeable from the start. Yeah, that connection there. So just on a side note, we'll spend a lot of time over the course of this series, this podcast series, talking about the importance of engaging with your audience uh, in a presentation sense. So this is a really great example of how to do that right. Yes. What do you think, Tom? Spot on, spot on. Um, we absolutely will. I think what makes this talk really engaging is not just his use of humour as well, but the fact that he's, he's a funny guy. He, he is a funny guy. He's yeah. a funny guy. Um, but he's also a great storyteller. And especially he sort of... He's able to really create that connection with the audience by sharing some really deeply personal stories. And it, it sort of makes you want to go through this, this journey with him. Yeah, that's right. Actually, right the way through the presentation, he uses a range of images to really help the audience engage with what he's saying. Some are personal, some are actual, and some are conceptual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. If we can just stop there for a second and we're talking about conceptual and actual images, um, I think it's really important to sort of touch on those a little bit more because that's something that we find in, in what we do that probably is one of the greatest things that people have problems with. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a good point. So when Ned's referring to actual versus conceptual, he means that when you're looking for an image for your presentation, you've got two choices. This, this really does seem a lot like some sort of art lecture, doesn't it? Oh, take a seat. Take yeah, a yeah, view, yeah, my yeah. friend. Professor Tom. It's about to get real. Please continue. <laughs> the first is just a visualisation of exactly what is written on the text. And the second is to find an image that demonstrates the concept of what you're talking about. So what's an example of that? Okay, well, let's say you've got a slide about lions. Awesome, awesome slide, obviously. But pretty much what you're going to do is try and find the best image of a lion that you can. That's, that's what we mean when we say actual. But if your image is about work-life balance, say, that's a little bit harder to try and encapsulate what the words actually mean. So, for example, instead of finding a picture of work-life balance, you might instead use a picture of someone walking a tightrope. So that would capture the concept of finding balance. Yeah, that's a really great explanation. Notice I didn't interrupt you then. That was all right. That was all right. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably all we have time for. But if you want to check out Neil's TED Talk, you can find it in the show notes. 